When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Best laid plans. You've heard of best laid plans. You know, we all have these plans, directions we think we might take things. I tend to plan less than most people, but I had plans for where the show was going to go this this evening, this afternoon, today, whatever time it is. And, and, and then I looked at something and I went, I'm not going to go there. I'm going in a different direction right now. Uh, I'll tell you what that direction is in a moment. Hi, everyone. I'm Don McDonald. You've tuned to Talking Real Money, the radio show that eventually becomes a podcast that tries to help you do one thing well, and that is manage money, invest it better, stop doing dumb stuff, <laughs> just, just do what you should be doing as opposed to what all the crazy people out there tell you you should be doing. You know what it is. It makes sense. And when you deviate from that, you know you're deviating, but you just kind of want to You want to get rich, don't you? Or you don't want to lose anything. Well, um, I'm here today. Tom's not. He's at a Sounders game um, with a friend, and so I'm just just going it alone. You can call me, though. Keep me company at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And uh, we'll try to take your particular situation and make it better, whatever that might be. Before you get into an investment that you don't like, before you get into something you're going to regret, call me first, like you should have done before you bought Bitcoin. Now, I did not expect to be talking about cryptocurrencies again today since I mentioned them yesterday. Because I talked yesterday about the big lawsuit against Elon Musk for racketeering, basically, for, for fraud, for promoting Dogecoin, the joke coin. Literally the joke coin. The guy who created it said, uh, Doge, Dogecoin's a satire. It's really not worth anything. Why are people buying it? Um, it's not worth that much now. Well, still worth a lot more than it was when he created it, but what the heck. No, no, no. The reason I'm doing it is I, I honestly didn't expect this. Cryptocurrencies trade 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, you know that cryptocurrencies have been plummeting. Some of them have gone to practically nothing. But Bitcoin, Bitcoin's supposed to be the survivor. Bitcoin and Ethereum. They're supposed to be the big ones out of the 10,000 cryptos out there. 10,000 cryptos. How many currencies are there in the world, for heaven's sake? Well, anyway, I've never seen anything like this. Honestly, this is not hyperbole. I have never seen anything like this. Bitcoin, right this minute, as I am speaking these words on a Saturday afternoon, is down Twenty five hundred dollars per 
Bitcoin. Down 12% just today. That's just today. Let's just go back the last five days. Five days ago, it was worth over $23,000. Now today it's worth $18,000. That's in five days. That's unbelievable. A loss of more than $5,000 in five days. Holy moly. What's that as a percentage? Um, let's see. It's down 22% in five days. Go back a little further even. Let's just go back a month. And it's down 40%. Go back to the beginning of the year, and it's off 61%. This is, I hate to say it, expected. This was expected. Did, did you not expect this? And it's so funny because I read an article recently by a guy on... Uh, on Seeking Alpha, this was a piece he wrote just a few months ago, saying that Bitcoin was getting ready to go significantly higher because it was at it it was at a fair value right now. Fair value. How do you determine that? How can nothing be worth anything? Be right back. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Because that's what we do every Saturday right at this time on this here station, Northwest News Radio. And then this show becomes a podcast next week, which you can listen to on every major podcast service on the planet. And thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to call and get an answer to a question, solve a financial problem you're facing, uh, get your get your stuff on the right track, avoid some big mistakes, give me a call at 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. There's one other weird investment that I want to discuss with you today because it's a it's an investment that has, um, it's, oh, it's not even really an investment. It's a thing people invest in, but something that people have invested in for a very long time maybe longer than almost anything else. Um, but the interesting thing about this product, this whatever it is, this place where people put money, is that this is something that actually has some use. It can serve a purpose. Unlike cryptocurrencies, I just want you to look around, look at your car, look at your house, look around, and tell me how many things in your house or car or life, are made of cryptocurrencies? That's pretty simple, right? It's The answer is zero. The answer is zero. How many times in your life have you used cryptocurrency, like you use a credit card, a check, 
or dollar bills. How, how many times have you or anyone you know, let's, let's broaden it out. How many times has anyone you know used cryptocurrency to make a transaction that doesn't involve turning cryptocurrency into cash or vice versa? I'm willing to bet it's still for just more than a smidge of you. No one. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one. Yet we keep buying these things that don't really serve much of a purpose. Now, this other thing I'm talking about, there's a lot of interest right now. We're hearing more and more of it all the time from people is, you know, this is this this is the end of the world. The market is collapsing. Everything is going to H-E double hockey sticks, as my grandma used to say, in a handbasket. Um, and I am going to go somewhere safe because I believe the world is going to come to an end. There's a lot of apocalyptic talk. And it happens almost every time the stock market really gets beaten back and when, you know, fuel prices are up and inflation is bad and there's a war somewhere every time this happens people start talking apocalypse you hear a lot of apocalyptic talk oh my gosh the world is gonna end well you know we've been hearing and recording by the way apocalyptic talk for um, about two thousand years because the apocalypse came into real vogue uh, around the time of Christ, um, and actually recording of information really came into vogue about then, about 2,000 years ago. So we, we have records of people calling for apocalypses or ends of the world. This is a normal thing with people. We, we fear the end of the world, and sometimes it even makes us feel better because it's kind of like, well, we're going to get rid of all those bad people and just us good ones. We're going to be around. And, and and this is prevalent in a lot of churches where uh, they believe that only a hand-picked group of people are going to survive and everybody else is going to get wiped off the face of the earth so that all the good people can sit back and say i told you so i told you you were gonna die a fiery death in hell um it's kind of like me with crypto i told you so i told you this thing was gonna go down i'm okay i am gloating a little bit but uh but the thing that it's going to save you is not what you think is going to save you, you financially, and that is gold. Why in the world would you think that gold is going to save you? There's no historical precedent for it. Even in the Dark Ages, yeah, a few people who had a bunch of gold were richer than people who didn't have a bunch of gold. But the people who were the richest were the people who had a bunch of productive land or stole gold from other people or jewels or wine or olive oil. Uh, I looked this up. I actually did this. This is how nuts I am. I looked this up. From uh, zero, from the year 1 CE, Common Era, um, there have been recorded um, about 80 Big major predictions of apocalyptic events. From no, that's for only up until uh, the year nineteen hundred. But when we look, this is all about the press and the media and information spreading. It's not that more people are predicting apocalypse; it's just that more people are getting press for it. Since nineteen oh one, just one hundred and twenty-one years, 
there have been over 100 published, well-known predictions of the apocalypse. And, and, and from very well-known people, too. A lot of real, really well-known people. So, yeah, we've been predicting it for a long time. Have has, has, any, has any prediction of an apocalypse been correct so far? Then what makes you think the next one's going to be? And then let's take that argument one step farther. If there is an end-of-the-world-style event or just a really, really, really horrible thing where every government on the planet collapses, nobody's accepting currencies, nobody's accepting credit cards, uh, the computers don't work, so therefore no one is accepting cryptocurrency, which isn't much different than today's situation, so that's not unusual. Uh, what if the, the economy of the entire world collapses? That's the biggest argument for gold. That really is, the these days, that's the biggest argument for gold. Are you going to want gold for anything? What are you going to do with it? I mean, yeah, they use it to make computers and jewelry. Are you going to, if the world is ending, no one is selling anything, you have to, uh, you just barely can sustain your life. You're living a sustenance existence. And somebody has a big old pile of potatoes and you are starving. Do you believe they're going to trade you those potatoes for some gold? I wouldn't. I would not. So it's a lousy argument. This end-of-the-world argument is lousy, so let's look at the other argument for gold. What is that? Gold is an inflation hedge. Okay. <laughs> if your goal is to make no money over time, gold will definitely accomplish that. That's, what, that's the only thing it really does. Because if you look back, and you can look back thousands of years and discover that most items that people have purchased that are similar to today's items sold for the same amount of gold then as they do now. I mean, another great example is when you look back at the big spike. Remember when gold was really hot in the 80s and it spiked up to like $800? I think it was 81 Adjusted for inflation. That ounce of gold in 81 is worth was worth a little bit more, actually quite a bit more, than an ounce of gold today. So adjusted for inflation over that period of time, you would have lost money. Now, there have been periods where you made a lot of money in gold. There's also uh, There have also been periods where you lost a lot. That's the volatile speculative nature of it. But as an investment, it doesn't pass the test. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey everybody, Don McDonald here. Glad you're there. If you have some money issues that you would like to address, a financial question that 
you'd like to get a little help answering, a plan you'd like to institute, you're freaked out about the stock market, you're freaked out about the crypto market, whatever it is, I'm here alone, no Tom, so give me a call at 855-935-8255. And as it's early going, as is typical in the early going, we got a lot of lines open, so give me a call. Now, I want to bring this whole thing full circle because, you know, the crypto gold thing is actually very similar. It's really similar, and I have a theory. I don't know that this theory is true, but I have a theory because there is a finite amount of capital available out there. Now, that finite amount of capital was dramatically inflated during COVID as money was just handed out and taxes were not increased proportionately to pay for all that money. You know, that's why the economy looked so good in early 2021 because all this money poured into it that's why people were doing dumb things like playing meme stocks buying cryptocurrencies but remember cryptocurrencies have been around for a little over a decade and i find it fascinating because i was talking about gold and how gold has not made anyone money real money past inflation excuse me In September of 2011, an ounce of gold, actual, not adjusted for inflation, sold for about $1,860, about $1,860. Right now, gold sells for about $1,840 or about $1,840 an ounce. That is an actual loss. If you factor inflation in, that's a pretty dramatic loss. And it shows how you can hold this for a long time and lose money. It's rare that you hold a diversified portfolio of stocks for a long period of time and lose money. Um, It just rarely happens. Over five years, a few times. Over 10, almost never. Over 20, I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm pretty sure I've... No, I haven't seen it. But here's what I think may have been happening, is that all of those who are looking for a alternative to investing in stocks or bonds for whatever reason, and there are a myriad of reasons. Well, they've been splitting their money between the old folks who are doing gold and the young folks who aren't doing gold, and instead, for their alternative to the man, and that's really what it boils down to, it's the alternative to the man, uh, they, they've been buying cryptocurrencies instead, which has depressed the supply of money that can go into a slightly increasing supply of gold in the world. Because remember, all the gold ever mined is here. It's, it's out there. So any new gold is just adding to the supply. So neither of these can be considered investments. And for you to do so in the, and again, people got into crypto for the same reason. Oh, I'm just going to protect myself from, from fiat currencies. Well, fiat currencies are backed by something. They're generally backed by the productive capacity of a government. 
of a sovereign government. Now, sometimes sovereign governments fail, which is why you rarely have all your eggs in one government, which is why we suggest international investing. But uh, it, it, it has worked for a very, 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 very long time, investing. And if you don't want to take risk, then you cannot expect anything in return. And if you really are a purveyor of apocalyptic apocalyptic prognostications, then really gold isn't it. What is it? What should you buy if you really believe that the world is just going to collapse economically and you're going to be one of the few people living out in the woods taking care of yourself while everyone else dies around you? You know what the answer is. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, hi, welcome back to the show. I'm Don. Tom is taking the day off, and so it's you and me alone. Well, okay, we have a few thousand friends listening, but we're just going to hang out together. So give me a call at 855-935-8255-855-935-8255 spells talk. And that number also works 24-7 so that you can uh, call questions in even when we're not on the air taking them live and then we try to answer those later if all goes well now sometimes there are little technical glitches but uh, we do take calls off the air and answer them in the show and in the podcast and we got (laughs) i'll tell you a story yesterday's friday typical friday q a podcast we got through all of our questions so well that uh, i only had one question for the Friday Q&A. So a ton of questions came in from uh, yesterday through today. So now we've got some of those. So while we don't have any of you live, we're going to go to one of those that was recorded. And I have not heard this question. I am literally playing it for the first time right now. So I'll be as surprised as you are. Hi, I had asked a question back at the beginning of June and I never heard the answer, and I listened to all your podcasts. I have a feeling it might have been on the show where the little device did not record the show. And since I listened to your podcast, I never heard my answer. And since you're out of questions, I thought I'd throw this at you, and you can use it as a uh, comment as you wish. The um, Okay. I'm ready. The, what you were discussing at the time was a concept of if I invest in the market and the market drops, how long might I have to wait to get back to my original um, balance? Mm-hmm. And I had two questions about that. You said that the uh, amount was just a little bit shy of 20 years mm-hmm. in the worst case. And the question I had was, which 20 years was that? Was that like 1945 to 1965? Or was it, you know, what what period of 20 years did you find was the one that took long the longest to return to its original balance? And then the second question is, whatever period of time that was, 
how does inflation impact the period of time? Because over a long period of time, like 20 years, you're going to have some inflation. And as far as I could tell, you were talking like nominal values. So if you put $100,000 in, the market drops and comes back in 20 years to 100000 those aren't the same $100,000 you put in. They're the same number of them, but they aren't worth as much. So how long does it take to get back to the inflation-adjusted value that you started with? And then the uh, other question, of course, is which is the 20-year period you were referring to? Oh, um, okay. Uh-huh. Thanks very much. I'll listen. All right. Keep up the good work. Have I'm a great day. Go- I'm going to try and answer it for you right now. Uh, I-, I honestly don't remember the um, the question, but I can guess as to when that period. I don't think I. I don't think there's ever been a twenty year period where it took twenty years to get back to break even. I I don't think that's ever 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 happened. I think there may have been a period in excess of ten years. If you had a, a let's just look at the S and P five hundred though because. We need a long history for that. So let me just do a little looking here. As I said, I did not see this in advance. So I'm going to pull the S&P 500 up. And I believe the period is probably the longest period. It's probably after the Great Depression. Um, prior to World War II. Yeah. Yeah, the longest period I can see for the S&P 500 to get back to a break-even was about uh, 13 years, almost 14 years, about 14 years. Let's say 14 years. That's the biggest one I can find. Now, we, we may have been speaking off the cuff a little bit, saying we've never seen a period longer than 20 years. That makes sense. Uh, that, that we would we would we would say something like that because I've never I said it today I've never seen a period of longer than than uh, twenty years just never ever 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 seen it and as for inflation <laughs> in that period there was no inflation as a matter of fact if you calculate in deflation the break even was probably much earlier than 1943 so be from 1929 to 1943 but if you factor in deflation that would have probably been a lot earlier but that was a weird weird time tom and don are talking real money is your portfolio a mess you may have a case of hodgepodgeitis but don't worry we can help just set up a free no obligation meeting with a vestry advisor at vestory.com no sales pitch guaranteed that's v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com your guide to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money all right, finally, you grew tired of me blathering, and uh, we're going to actually talk. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number, 855-935-8255. I'm Don McDonald. Tom's away for the day. And Brian, you're up next on Talking Real Money. Hey, Brian. What's up? Hey, uh, how, long should, uh, how long should a guy hold on and, 
and ride this uh, this wave that's crashing right now before he starts taking action to maybe go to a little bit of cash. Um, Which I hope you're talking about the stock market wave and not the crypto wave, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Uh, I've got a I've got a mix of mutual funds, stocks, bonds, uh, index funds being managed by the big. Uh, but I'm down 25 percent from my high this year. How long should I wait to? Uh, make a change. Okay, you said you've been, you're with, I didn't hear, you cut out when you said I'm with the... The big F. The big F, as in, in the state of Washington, that big F? Uh, no, the big F oh. is in the state of um, uh, investment firms. Oh, and you mean like Fidelity? Boston. Fidelity. Oh, yeah. Okay, we can. Yeah, yeah Fidelity. I didn't know if you were talking about Ken Fisher or Fidelity, because Ken Fisher is actually like one of the largest investment advisors. But Fidelity is one of the largest firms. Period. In in finance, are they managing your portfolio for you? Are they giving you advice? Yes. They're, ah. They're it as wealth managers. Okay, so you're paying them a fee for that in addition to the fund fees you pay for the funds. That's true. Got it. Okay, do me a favor. Don't tell most me what the my, index fund... What? Most of my life uh, investing, I've done my own. This mm -hmm. last year, I decided to let them manage it because my wife's uh, work investment funds were through them, and it just made sense to get under one roof so to speak sure. and i just wanted to give a test and see how it works we okay did get a that's why what oh no no i i am not because i am not criticizing your decision at all i think that oh, you're okay. wise to try and find some help the problem is sometimes the help that's provided by some of these firms like fidelity like even vanguard their help is actually sometimes worse than no help at all so that's why I want to know if you can remember any of the names of the mutual funds you are in that are not index funds. Um, well, I can tell you this. They all start with the name Fidelity. Okay. But do, do some of these Fidelity funds, are, are some of these Fidelity funds things like uh, Magellan or Contra or Growth and in Income or any of those? Yes. Okay. Then they put you in actively managed funds. Uh, now, do you know what your asset allocation is? I can't tell you right off my head. R roughly? It's kind of a knee-jerk call. I, I apologize. Okay. No, no, no. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. This is stuff people generally don't have when they're in the car. I get it. Uh, I never carry my portfolios around in the car. Well, I guess I could look them up, but I'd be driving. Um, but here's my guess. If looking at a 25% decline in this particular market, that's that's extreme if you have a semi-balanced portfolio. I mean, we were looking at, Tom and I last week looked at our portfolios, and our typical portfolio is about 60% stocks and about 40% bonds. 
with a little real estate thrown in and we overweight small cap, things like that, which is actually a good thing. We overweight small cap value and that has led to better performance because those kind of stocks have not done as badly. But my guess is, is there something, there's something awry in your allocation because your return right now in a, if it's around 60 40, which is a pretty typical American portfolio, uh, and we're just talking year to date, you should be looking at, you should be looking at a loss of less than 10%. Even if you are 100% equities and properly diversified in index products, 100% equities, with index products like we use with an over with where we tilt to value and we tilt to small, you're looking at about a 10%, not 25. They're doing something that is very aggressive. And, and I don't, I hate the fact that they're using actively managed funds. Active managers provide you with nothing, nothing. There is no evidence that an active manager provides anything except higher expenses, which draw down your return. So, my thinking is you'd probably be better off if you just yanked this whole thing and created your own portfolio that was properly diversified for your risk needs and tolerance using just index funds, even if those index funds were from Fidelity. I just stopped. Their, their managers think they're, their fund managers and their money managers, their advisors think that there's a smarter way to invest. And the smartest way to invest is to follow the academic evidence that does not support active management. Yes. Well, I used to, uh, in my younger days, do all my own management. And I would, well, um, only, I would only make a trade. If something was really going to heck in a handbasket, um, other than once a year, once a year I would review, see how my funds uh, were compared to the rest of the uh, market, make any slight adjustments or adjustments based on that, and I did pretty good for. Yeah, uh, see, we do, we don't even own. believe we don't even believe in that. We believe that you should build a portfolio that was right to begin with, that is all index-based, that takes into account all of these academic bents. They call them factors. The factor, the, the value factor, the small cap factor, the, the equity versus fixed income factor, uh, there's, there's a momentum factor, things like this, that it takes only those into account. And then the only thing you do, you never reevaluate the quality of the funds because the quality doesn't matter. They're just buying a certain class of, of, of securities. What you do every year is you make yourself rebalance, period, at a set period, no matter what. That discipline has been the key to greater success over decades and decades and decades. So my suggestion would be you might want to shop for another manager. You might want to shop for a, a, a manager that follows this principle of academic research, this factor investing, um, you can go to um, DFA 
U.S. Dimensional Funds and find they have a list of advisors who generally follow this principle, although you still have to vet them. And we also have some really good information at uh, TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com slash help about finding another investor. The problem with having an investor with Fidelity is they're going to lean toward Fidelity products. They're going to push off and push what they're supposed what they're told to push and i hate the fact that they use actively managed funds there's no evidence that these things work as a matter of fact your anecdotal proof that they don't work you shouldn't be down 25 percent right now thanks for the call tom and don are talking real money a second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. 25% is so out of whack. I mean, even if you just had all of your money in the Vanguard Total World Stock Index, which because it's a pure index and it doesn't overweight some of the things we'd like to see you overweight, it's purely in, it's almost wholly in those giant blue chip stocks that did so badly, the big tech stocks and the like. But it's only down year to date about 22%. So even there, you're, you, and you're paying more for it. That's just the pity. If you would like to have somebody look at your portfolio, and I swear to you, they will not pressure you to buy our services. They work for us. Tom and I tell them how they should do this. Go to our advisors at Vestry by Appella. Just call them and set up an appointment. No obligation, no fee, no sales pitch. Vestory.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?